0: On this episode of This is Game Boy Light, we save the princess... or not, whatever. and Welcome back to a brand new episode of This is a Game Boy Light with me, your host, Mula. So yeah, like always, in between our full episodes, we have these a little shorter episodes where only one of us takes the lead uh, to talk to you about either a topic or something else or, or just a, a game that is just too small to talk about with two people for an extended uh, period of time. So yeah, before we dive into this week's episode, uh, maybe you don't recognize the name um, from the episode title, Ganso Yanchamaru, but it will be come very clear very soon but yeah first let's uh take a look at what i've been doing uh, which is not that much actually since last time Uh, i know last episode i had like this huge list of games that i played but uh, that is definitely not the case right now so i finished up the legend of the for playstation Um, i enjoyed playing it i still think it's a great rpg but it is slow like everything takes forever to do, like all the animations that need to happen, like all the inputs that need to happen. Just an example, like the last boss just took almost an hour because of quote-unquote cutscenes or, or like little uh, animations for every move and things like that, so it, it's pretty long. and um, The game took me around, I would say, 50 hours in total by the end, so I did quote-unquote, completed. Like, I got all the side quests out of the way. There aren't that many to begin with. But, uh, yeah, it could have been a lot shorter if I, first of all, would have played the NTSC version because the PAL version, of course, is a little bit slower to begin with. But it's still, like... Just a little bit too slow and I think that will uh, turn a lot of people off from this game but um, if you're not turned off by it I would definitely check it out if you've never played it before or pray that someday we'll see a remaster of it but I highly doubt it even though it did sell well but uh, yeah, I don't think they have any intention of rebooting that quote-unquote franchise, if you can even call it that. Um, just before I started recording, I've uh, finished Battletoads, the new one. I mentioned together with Hero uh, during our Battletoads episode that we, we had never played it before. Um, I had seen EBC play the final act of that game, but I've didn't really play it myself but i did grab it uh i think right after we we recorded the episode uh, on battletoads um i can confirm that that story that i found like the back story of the battletoads does not come from that game at all so i have no idea where it stems from um but yeah speaking of this new battletoads it's not for me it's absolutely not for me. I think it has amazing graphics. I think it has great humor during the cutscenes. Um, I would have rather just watched uh, the cutscenes. And like maybe with some more cutscenes. So the boss fights would also be cutscenes. Look, it would have been better as a cartoon than an actual game in my opinion. Um, it goes all over the place. It's 75% mini games, Maybe... 10% actual fighting and the rest are like turbo tunnel things um yeah I just didn't really enjoy playing it even though it it, it plays fine and everything but I don't know it, it was totally not for me and you could argue like the old Battletoads games like they also have a lot of different genres put in there but they fit more in that case In this it was just Literally all over the place. Like, you have normal platforming stages where you don't fight at all. You have a shoot 'em up section. Well, way too many shoot 'em up sections. Uh, like I said, like turbo tunnel sections. You have a whole, whole, whole bunch of mini games you have to sit through. Um, and it doesn't provide any real, like, deep gameplay, in my opinion. And um, the thing where it should shine, which is the beat-em-up part, is the most horrible part of the game, in my opinion. I do not like the beat-em-up parts at all. So, I had more fun with the mini games than with, with the actual game. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of weird. But, I don't know, check it out. It might be on sale right now because it's Steam Summer Sale. I don't know if, if the sale will still be going when this episode comes out. But the game is on sale a lot. Sadly, you can only get it, of course, for Xbox and for PC. Um, maybe that's why I didn't enjoy it that much either, because I don't like playing on PC. But that was my only option. Uh, but yeah, hey, I did check it out. I did finish the game. Uh, but I, I'll probably never play it again. It, it really wasn't for me. Um after that I play well not after that. I've also been playing Mario and Luigi Dream Team Bros. Uh the 3DS game. I think it's the fourth uh Mario and Luigi game. I might be wrong. Like I've, I've only played Superstar Saga and Bowser's Inside Story before it. I think there's another one that I haven't touched. Uh so this would be the third one I'm playing. I always enjoy these games. They are technically RPGs, but more action rpg even not that like it's it's a fun game in my opinion i I really like these games they're a chill time they're not too hard even though that last boss fight that i did was way harder than anything in the game before that uh but yeah they're a fun time the only problem i have with 3ds is that i can only play it for like two hours maximum because otherwise my hands start to hurt my neck starts to hurt i i don't enjoy playing for long periods uh on a 3ds which is sad because it has a lot of good games that do require you to play long sessions like there are a lot of great rpgs on it and uh, sadly i can't play it for a long time but yeah whatever i'll, I'll get through that game eventually it's just gonna take me a while because i can't do it for uh long periods of time but i'm looking forward to playing a lot more of that game for sure Uh, on to playstation 4 i've uh, gotten a copy of dbz dragon ball z kakarot which is like the quote-unquote adventure slash fighting game uh that that came out for dragon ball z um i'm enjoying it it's really not that great of a game but as uh, as somebody who loves dragon ball mostly uh, dragon ball z a little bit less but i've grew up with it like it's been in my life forever um i'm really enjoying it it has a lot of nods to original dragon ball as well um it has some new scenes that uh that are made just for the game. Which are pretty funny. Uh, definitely in in the silliness of Dragon Ball. Or the silly parts of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I think they did really well. It also has the complete American cast of it. If you uh, grew up with that like me. Like I, I don't really like... Watching it in Japanese, so it's a uh, it's a godsend that they actually got the entire American dub team for it. So like like Son Shemelin and, and I can't remember the rest of the names, but you know those people. Um, I think that it's one of the best dubs ever made. So uh, makes a lot of sense that that they would uh, do this. I'm sad that they only do it for Dragon Ball Z, though. I wish they also did it for the One Piece games, uh, which mainly consists of. Uh, a lot of the same people who are doing a dub. Um, I I watch One Piece in the dub as well, so I'm like 400 episodes behind for sure. But I would like to see that in the One Piece games as well. But I guess they're not quote unquote that popular uh, compared to Dragon Ball. So that, that's a little sad for me. But yeah, I feel like Dragon Ball Z. Um, it covers the entire storyline, so from from the Saiyan saga up until uh, the Pooh saga. Um, And the DLC has, like, the first two parts of Super, I think. Like, uh, God of Destruction, Beerus, and I think Golden Freeze. I think those are the DLCs. And the third one just came out, which is about Trunks. But I think it's about, like, the Gohan Trunks movie from the future. So not the the new Trunks Thing from Super, uh, and they're pretty cheap. I think they're only five bucks a piece. So um, if you want a little bit more gameplay after it, definitely uh, pick those up as well. Um, but it's gonna be a forty-hour game, which is pretty long. Uh, but like again, I said uh, a lot of cutscenes and, and new things, so it's really fun. I, I think if you are a fan, get that game. If you don't really care about dragon ball a lot uh, maybe not pick it up unless you're interested in the story because it does tell uh the story of dragon ball z at least with some nods and hints to dragon ball i wish they would make a dragon ball game this way that would be absolutely fantastic with uh with really be cool. Um, and then moving on to Game Boy. Haven't done much. I finished Adventures of Lolo. Uh, never want to see that game ever in my life again. Uh, I hope I will I can burn my copy someday if I have two of them. Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't like Lolo. I know a lot of people do, but I don't. And the consensus on the Game Boy one, even from people who liked Lolo on NES, like the trilogy, say that The Game Boy one is just awful compared to that. Uh, Other people actually enjoy it, so I don't know. But if you do want to pick this one up, just remember that the Japanese version has like 50 levels, and the American version or European version has 150 levels, so uh, you know what you're in for. Um, But yeah, definitely not a game for me, so... Never, ever playing Lolo again. Um, And now I'm just trying to finish Picross 2. I've made it to the Wario levels. It's going to be another 60 hours of Picross before I'm done with that. But I do want to just finish it now before diving into another game. I just want to get it over with. Not that I'm not enjoying myself playing Picross, but it needs to end as well. Like, I'm almost 80 hours in, I believe, now. So, uh, yeah, I, I... just want to get through that game so I can uh, move on to other things instead of just always taking a break. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's everything I've been up to. Um, I, I don't see any <laughs> new games coming up later uh, for later episodes. I think I'm going to be stuck with with uh, these three last ones that I talked about. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Maybe Maybe we'll play something else in between as well. But yeah, that's it for this part, uh, so yeah, before we dive into this week's game, uh, Ganso Yanchomaru, we'll take a short break so you can enjoy the music of this game. There aren't that many tracks, but I think we can fill up the episode with them, uh, at least. So yeah, enjoy be right back. <laughs> Dive into this episode's game, Ganso Yanchamaru. Um, a lot of you people will say, "What is that? I've never heard of that before." Uh, well, maybe you haven't heard of this title before, but maybe you've actually seen or played it, uh, or know the other games from this franchise. But it's actually Kitniki for Game Boy. That's uh, that's how most people call it, anyways. But uh, the actual title is Ganso Yanchamaru. And uh, it only came out in Japan. That's why it's uh, why it's called like that. If there would have been a port, which is weird that they didn't, it definitely would have been called Kidniki. Anyways, um, I have mentioned this game before very briefly during my Iron Light episode, um, and of course, because I mentioned it there, this is a game developed and published by Irem. Uh, If you want to hear more about Irem itself I would suggest just checking out that episode. I go into a little bit more detail about the company there and I just uh, do a quick overview of all the games they made for Game Boy but we've mentioned a lot of them before like uh, Hammering Harry, R-Type, things like that so um, definitely go check out that episode if you want to know more about Irem games in general. Um, this game actually came out in uh, on July 11th in 1991 so still a pretty early Game Boy game for sure. Um, it shows absolutely like it's not as refined as uh, Hammering Harry would be in the future uh, but yeah this this is definitely one of their earlier games on Game Boy. I think Archetype might have come out in the same year but it was not uh developed by iram actually that one was uh, done by bit studios uh, the composer i sadly do not know for this game um, the game does not show any credits i couldn't find anything about it on the internet uh, so if anybody happens to know who composed for this game specifically definitely let me know we can always come back to it in a later episode if uh, that person shows up again, but yeah, I could not find anything about it. And uh, what is this game? Well, it's basically a two D platformer based on uh, an old arcade game. Uh, that's pretty much what this one is. Uh, but yeah, let's dive a little bit deeper into what uh, Yanchamaru or Kitniki is. So this game is part of the Kitniki Radical Ninja series. Uh, that's how it's known in In the West, basically, Uh, but in Japan it's known as Kaiketsu Yanchamaru, or roughly translated, the wonderful Yanchamaru. Yanchamaru is the main uh, protagonist of this series, Uh, and for the West he was just called Kitniki, which is a kind of weird translation. I don't know where it comes from, but uh, but yeah, that's what it is. But yeah, uh, the original game was, of course, um, an arcade game, like I mentioned, like a lot of these, or probably most of the IRAM games, uh, they first came out as an arcade game, and later they got ported. So for Kitniki Radical Ninja, it got ported to NES, basically. So the game got two sequels for the Famicom, uh, first being called Kaiketsu Yanchimaru Yanchamaru Karakuri Land, and the second is just called Kaiketsu Yanchamaru 3. Um, yeah, Ganso Yanchamaru has nothing to do with the arcade uh, ports or even the sequels. This is a totally unique game for the series, and uh, that's always cool. It, uh, I really like it when they make a game for the Game Boy that is actually like not tied to the rest, Uh, But it's like a nice sequel to it, something completely different. So yeah, that's what Irem definitely did for this one. Kind of like with uh, Hammering Harry, where they just uh, made a completely different game as well. Always cool to see. Um, As far as plot goes, um, I do not have the manual for this, plus it's a Japanese game. So it would be hard for me to read the manual anyways. But let's just go with... uh, what I think the plot is, which is basically based on the plot of the original game, Princess Margo, or kurimi Hime, as she's called in Japan, uh, has been kidnapped. Go save her. That's basically the plot of this game. Like, there's there's definitely nothing more to it. Um, but yeah, uh, Kid Niki, as I'll be calling him uh, from now on out, is basically a ninja in training. Uh, and he has to go save his actual girlfriend the princess is his girlfriend and that's basically the entire plot of this game so yeah let's dive a little bit into the gameplay of this game so yeah like I said earlier uh it's a simple 2d platforming mostly based on an arcade style platformer uh which means that Usually you take one hit and you die and that's also the case in this game. Um, There are enemies in your way and if they hit you once, you will actually die. Um, When it comes to the controls of this game, it's very simple. Your A button will jump, your B button will attack either with your spinning sword Yes, it is a spinning sword. It's not some kind of yo-yo or or shuriken uh, that is just floating in front of you. But you do have shurikens, actually. So if you have those, you will just attack with your spinning sword, but also throw a shuriken out there. Um, you start the game with three lives and have three continues uh, in case you would game over. For a first-time player, that might be mm, a little daunting, but to be honest, this game is isn't all that hard Um, there are pickups hidden throughout the stage which you can find in blocks that you can break with your spinning sword Um, in them you will find either coins uh, 100 of these will give you an extra life you can find the shuriken upgrade which nets you 10 shuriken which you automatically use when attacking so you can't like just select them Um, there's also a scroll which gives you invincibility for a short period of time I think it's like around 10 seconds which is pretty long actually when it comes to this game and there might also be one ups hidden throughout these blocks sometimes though when you destroy one of these blocks there will be a door Uh, this will take you to a hidden room Um, and these are little bonus rooms with more blocks that you can break and Those will net you even more coins so you can get extra lives. Um, At the end of each stage, you can grab a floating letter B. Um, it always comes in a different pattern for each stage, like it's a set pattern in the stage, but uh, it's it's always a different pattern between stages. And if you grab that, you will go into a bonus game where you can actually gain even more coins or an extra life or three. Um, there is a quote unquote trick to this bonus game where if you just hit the attack button as soon as the game starts, you will always without... Uh, doubt to get a one up just one uh, but yeah like i said there's definitely also the possibility of getting a three up or more coins it just depends on how you play it but if you want an easy one up just immediately attack and you will always get that one up which is really great if you're just starting out with the game um, so let's dive a little bit into the worlds that this game has to offer um, so this game is uh this game consists of four worlds in total, um, so we'll get. Uh, we'll will just go through them. Uh in order and each of these worlds consists of three levels uh, with the third level ending in a quote-unquote boss fight. So you first start this game in the forest or plains zone. Uh, Very simple stage, very straightforward to the right. Not that many obstacles for you to avoid or to jump over, but there are a lot of enemies in your way. Of course, Um, I'll go over the enemies for each stage and for each new zone we go through if there's a new enemy I will mention it uh, but I'm not gonna go over the entire list of of enemies every time Um, usually it's just the same ones as the level before but then with uh, with added enemies uh, indeed so yeah the enemies in this first zone first we got the peon Maru these are just rabbits that jump around towards you you got the Tamadori which are pooping birds. They fly over you and they just poop on you. Uh, easy to avoid. They, they poop in a very very distinguishable pattern. Um, but you can also knock them out of the sky and then you won't have to worry about poop on your head at all. Um, then there's the normal type of enemies, which are guys that just keep running towards you. These are called the Con Con. And they also have like a smaller variant in later stages. And those are called the Chibi Con. Of course they are. Um, you will also find a hermit crab these will stay in their shell for a period of time then pop out for a little bit and move forward and that is the only time you can hit them these are called the my my and then you also encounter lucky cats you know those uh, cats that uh, have the coin in the middle of them and have their arm moving down and upwards that you can find in most uh, Japanese stores, those lucky cats. And these are called the Tamanyan. Uh, these will walk towards you, drop a bomb, and then run off. Or if you hit them before they run off, they will just drop a bomb as soon as they get hit. Um, so yeah, Forest Zone, three stages. Pretty simple, straightforward platforming. Not that many pitfalls either. Just a lot of enemies, a lot of blocks where you can gain uh, some and extra lives, but in the end, you will face the first boss, which is actually a big lucky cat, and this one is called Mannerin. Um, it's an easy fight if you know what you're doing throughout this game, because all bosses in the game have a very good weakness, which is called stun locking. Um, so when you hit a boss, you have like definitely a second in which you can just. Put yourself in the right position to hit them again and keep them stomach throughout the entire fight, which means it's an easy fight. They can not do anything. It just takes a few hits to kill the lucky cats. He flies off the screen. A scroll drops from the ceiling. You grab it and the world is over. Simple as that. Um, I don't even remember what this guy does. Sadly enough, because I'm so used to fighting him this way that i just can't remember what his actual attack is i think he jumps towards you if i'm not mistaken <laughs> but, but yeah it, it's really really simple to stunlock them um, so yeah that takes care of the first world the forest or blade zone. coming up next is the cloud zone um, there are some new enemies in here not that many but there are a few um there are these Trolly-looking guys jumping up from the clouds. Um, I think they're just basically mini Raijin or Fujins. Uh, If you know a little bit about Japanese gods and things like that. Raijin and Fujin are like the gods of thunder and wind. Um, They're always depicted with uh, floating on a cloud with with like a horn or those uh, orbs around them. You have seen them, like, there's even Pokemon based on them. You can find them in many, many games. Uh, but these little guys are called the uh, Tsunotsuno. So all they do is jump out of a cloud in front of you, trying to hit you with their horns, and that's about all they do. There's also tornadoes flying around, called the Kururin. Um, I'm gonna assume Kururin is maybe Japanese for tornadoes. I think a lot of these names are literally the Japanese name for uh for these things because the next one is evil clouds and those are pukurin and i'm pretty sure pukurin means cloud or i might be totally wrong which is probably the case but yeah there, there are some evil clouds they are stationary enemies that shoot it's easy to tell when they're gonna shoot so are easy to avoid as well anyways this zone consists of of course clouds so you are up in the sky everything is a pitfall if you happen to miss your jump here or there, but it's pretty easy still to get by. You can stay on the top of the screen. Most of the time, avoiding things. There are a few sections where you have to do a little platforming section with moving clouds. Those are a little bit harder, especially if if those pesky pooping birds show up in your way or those tornadoes, but just take your time and you get by them very easily. Anyways, at the end of this zone, you face the boss. Again, it's either Fujin or Raijin, the Wind God or the Thunder God, but in this case, he's called Tsunopa. Um, this guy will float at the top of the screen, will uh, drop bombs on you, which you can easily avoid, and after two cycles of that, he will uh, sweep down, trying to hit you. Again, he has a great weakness. The moment he comes down to you and you can hit him, you can technically stunlock him. Just take your time in between hits and he will stay in place and you could easily defeat him. Otherwise, hit him, jump over him, let him do his cycle again, he will come down. But yeah, it's a lot easier to do it with the stun lock, of course. Only takes around four or five hits. I always forget how many. Again, he flies off into the distance, a scroll drops. You grab it and you're done. After the cloud zone, we move into the cave zone The new enemies here will be the two-headed snakes or Neoroni as they are called. Uh, These guys move a few pixels forward, then shoot, move a few pixels forward, shoot, rinse and repeat. There are some sections where they are hard to deal with, where you have to take care of blocks first before being able to get to them um the way to do is is just to plan it out so they don't shoot just the moment that you have to move of course um you can duck under their shots uh, which is a technique i didn't really talk about because you don't really (laughs) use it much to be honest but yeah it's best to uh Make sure they are not shooting the moment you are trying to jump towards them. Uh, Besides that, you also have the bats called the Patara. These just swoop down from the ceiling and head towards you. That's basically all they do. But there are also some hidden enemies in this stage when you break certain blocks. And those are the tanukis, which... uh, stay in place for a while where you can't hit them but the moment they start moving you can actually hit them but it's a weird timing you'll have to get used to it but you can't hit them the moment they drop out of the block at least you have to wait a little bit and these are called the pom-pom but yeah make sure to keep that in mind that some blocks will hide these pom-poms in them so a little bit more in depth about this cave zone um it's a little bit It's a little tighter platforming because there is a ceiling and of course a floor that you have to uh, squiggle your way through you have a lot of blocks to break to be able to move forward there are a lot of moving platforms that take you across or under spikes where you have to duck and jump in between them and things like that so this one is a little harder to go through especially the first time you're playing this game but just don't worry again. Take your time taking care of the enemies. Take your time making sure you find a good way to progress through the stage and you should be fine. Play safe until you come across the boss of this area which is some kind of ant lion/spider. Like his name is Teranchu, but he looks like an ant lion. And he spits out little spiders. So I'm not sure. I I think it's just a combination of the two of those. Uh, This guy stays on the ceiling. Spits out three or four little spiders that you can just hit out of the air. And after that he will drop down. Um, This is the only moment you can hit him. So he comes down. He touches the floor. You hit him. He goes back up. Sadly this guy cannot be stun locked like the rest of the bosses. So it will take some more time to deal with him. Luckily he's easy enough to avoid because he just drops down vertically completely like it's not like he's tracking towards you just uh, take your time taking care of the little guys first make him drop down hit him let him go back up rinse and repeat and after a few hits again he flies off into the distance you grab a scroll and you move on to the next area which is the final area of the game and the final area is the fortress zone um you basically start out on your way towards The fortress and with fortress, I mean, like one of those Japanese fortresses, not like uh, not like a medieval fortress like we are used to, of course, but one of those uh, one of those Japanese castles. Um, And there's only one new enemy actually in this place called the Gachi, which is a bomb throwing samurai. These guys take a few more hits than usual. I think two or three. Um. The only thing they do is they walk towards you. They throw a bomb in front of them. Uh, That's basically it. Um, If you hit them, they move backwards a little bit. And then you have to wait before you can hit them again. But it's easy to take care of them anyways. Um, Fortress zone in its whole is like kind of... hmm, What's the word? Kind of a combination of all previous zones. Like there's a very normal straightforward walk to the right stage reminiscent of uh, the plane zone the second one is a little bit more like cloud zone where you have to do some leaps in the air having to avoid uh, pitfalls and things like that and the final one gets a little bit tighter with with like you going into the fortress itself with tight corridors that you have to get through and some platforms that you have to uh, have to try and jump over there, there's a really hard section in this part but um if you've done it a few times uh it, it won't be that much of a problem but yeah at the end you will come across the boss of course for this area which is the evil fox ninja conkyo um this guy actually spawns as three con cons uh, Hence why his name is Konkyo, I guess. Um, and then he turns into a big ninja with a fox mask. Uh, this guy, again, has a big problem. He can be stunlocked. So basically, the moment he forms, you can start hitting him and then just take your time to do some hits in between to keep him in place. And he will be calm before you know it, flying through the air and dropping a scroll that you can grab. Again, sadly, I don't remember what he actually does if you do not do this. I think he actually throws those uh, chibi-cons out, if I'm not mistaken, while jumping uh, across the stage. But yeah, the bosses are a joke in this game, so you can take care of them easily. And that is the final boss of this game. The game is over, and now comes the great finale, which we have all been waiting for. Uh, Yancho Maru or Kitniki runs towards uh, Princess, what's her face again, um, Margo or Hime. Um She gets pushed off a roof um, thanks to one of those con-cons and you jump over a pit trying to catch her. I said try because sometimes you will and sometimes you won't and she will just fall down into the pit. Um, We have no idea what causes this. Uh, It might be tied to your score. It might be timed to a certain time because all stages are timed for sure, but uh, you have plenty of time to get through them. So don't have to worry about that. So we're not sure what causes it. Maybe it is just completely random. It's just a roll of the dice as soon as you've uh, defeated the final boss. If anybody would know how to investigate that, to, to check what the trigger is for either of those cutscenes, let us know. It would be nice to, to finally know after so many years. Uh, but yeah, it is fun. We're, we're always praying that he won't catch her because it's way more funny. Uh, but most of the time, he, he definitely will catch her. And that's the end of the game. Credits start rolling. You see uh, Yancha Maru and Kori Mihimi, Margo. You see them standing in the uh, some kind of hall, all the enemies of the game will appear with their names. That's why I knew all these names, of course. And then one of the con-cons will pull a curtain. Uh, pull, well, he will close a curtain and then he will open it again. And then you can see the entire cast of this game standing there. Uh, the con comes again, uh, pulls away the curtain again, and then it just says, game end, I believe. Not the end, but game end. Yeah, that's the game. That's all there is to it. Um, I don't think I have much more to say about this game. Again, that's why we're doing a light episode on it. But it's a very, very simple uh, 2D platforming game consisting of 12 stages in total with four boss fights. Very easy. Could be hard a little bit the first time you try it. But if you play it two or three times, you will definitely know what to do. And it's like a 15-minute game. So can easily get through it. All right so let's take a look at the uh, cover art for for this game uh, which I really like I think this is a really good cover art. Um, you can see the main character Kitniki or Yanchamaru uh, right there he's like a little ninja Kinda is wearing the dragon Ball uh, outfit to be honest um, and besides him is uh, the princess. You can see him kinda shooting a fireball, but it's his spinning sword that he's using. Um, But yeah, they're in the front, basically. And in the background, you can see the fortress where she's being held by that evil fox guy. Uh, Thunder is striking everywhere. There's something flying in the air that looks like a dragonfly made out of paper. Um, But yeah, Yanchamaru is jumping out of the the picture, basically. Kuremi himi 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 Margo uh is just standing there with a with an o face like oh no what's going on um Kitniki is also holding one of those invincibility scrolls apparently uh but yeah it's a very colorful very japanese anime type of cover i i really like it i have the card of this game in very pristine condition so like the the label is still shiny and things like that and it, it's one of my favorite ones to just look at sometimes because it's it's so pretty it's it's very colorful and uh, it's always nice to see that but yeah that's basically all there is on it you don't see any enemies or things like that Uh, it says Ganso Yanchimaru at the bottom with a lucky bell apparently I think in the NES one you collect bells instead of coins like in this one Uh, so that's probably why it's there oh yeah Um... Sadly, I couldn't find any trivia or reception for this game, so we can just skip over that bar, but uh, we can dive pretty quickly into my thoughts and history with the game. So I've always had this game on a multi-card when I was a kid. Um, I just loved picking it up for a quick game in between because it only took me like 20 minutes to beat it anyways but i really enjoyed it and this is one of those games that you would love to have on a multi-card because it's like a japanese game that you will not come across otherwise um and you don't need to know any japanese to play it at all because there's nothing in this game that requires you to read japanese so it's just game start and and that's basically it so yeah always enjoyed this game um when I picked it back up for Portable Pleasure, I, I probably have played it 1,700 times before that again anyway, so it was a quick game for me. Um, I think I lost the footage and I had to redo it again. No problem for such a short game, so didn't really matter anyways. Uh, but when I picked it back up again, I did uh, think like, hey, I can do this faster, let's do a speedrun of it. Um, So this ties into our next section, which is the small speedrunning section. So I did route this game for quite a long time. I don't think I was the first. I think Infinite Mystery actually already had a run of this because he did the NES version as well. But I kind of looked uh, into it uh, to see what could be improved on this game and there was quite a lot um, this is actually a very fun speed run to do because it consists of basically holding right the entire time uh, and jumping at the right moments to avoid enemies like especially at the f- start of the game it's more about just movement keep keep on moving instead of like actually doing tricks or anything like that like, there are no tricks in this game at all. It's, it's basically remembering the stage. Each stage takes like 20 seconds or 30 seconds. Like They're very short, so it's easy to form a route in your head while you're doing it. And then just trying out some things like, is this faster, is this faster, or is this faster? Uh, but yeah, it has a very, very cool, sleek run. If you would look at some of the speedruns. I haven't done it in a long time, I don't remember how to do it completely, but uh, yeah, it's just basically playing the levels and seeing what works best for you to like just avoid enemies and keep going right without stopping. In later stages you have to wait and some parts for sure, but uh, In the earlier stages, it just run to the end. Of course, in the speedrun, you will not pick up the bonuses at the end of the stages. Um, Luckily, you always get a bonus at the end of a boss fight. So if you need a one-up, you can always grab one there. But of course, you're not supposed to die because it is a speedrun. And there is one thing that I myself haven't come across. But in stage 3-3, there is this platforming section with spinning platforms and for some reason probably due to how the game gets loaded in that section there might be a possibility that you cannot jump on something Um, I I still don't know how it works like I've tried it a few times but I can't seem to find a consistent uh, reasoning to it but it basically soft locks you in the level the only way to fix that is by dying so you die you can try it again of course you do not want that for a speedrun uh but yeah like uh, i have not come across it myself but i have it's have seen it happen a lot of times so it's definitely something that wasn't programmed well and you literally can't progress there like for some reason but yeah that's basically all there is to the speed run. Like I, I mentioned the soft locks for the bosses, which makes it super easy to get through them. Um, there's a little optimization here and there that you can, might do better or not, but it, it's very simple. Um, if, if you're looking for like a 10 minute run, that is kind of challenging to do perfectly, but is definitely doable in like 15 minutes, maybe definitely pick this one up as a speedrun um, it's it's very easy to learn so yeah, there you go so yeah that's uh, all I have to say about Ganso gun Maru so let's take another break so you can listen to another track of this uh, alright game it's not amazing but it's alright um, and then I'll come back with the outro for this episode see you soon I hope you enjoyed that second song from Kanso Yanche Maru anyways that is all she wrote for this episode as always thank you very much for listening hope you enjoyed it hope you are gonna pick up this game yourself if you haven't played it before um, but yeah that's all for me for today if you have any thoughts or suggestions. Uh, For us, for me, for EBC, for Lex, for any of our guest hosts maybe, doesn't matter. You can always contact us by commentating on one of our episodes, either on SoundCloud or on any of the other podcasts things that you might use where you can find us. Um, you can also email us, of course, at, uh, thisisgameboy at gmail.com. You can find us in our Discord. Um, there are plenty of ways to contact us. If you want to contact us personally, you can do that as well, or just follow us personally to see what we are up to, besides just doing this podcast. You can find me on YouTube, Twitch, uh, Twitter, and even Instagram. All slash mule, which you uh, write m o e l l e u h, you can find my co-host e bloody candy on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. I know uh, on Twitch, Twitter, and and Instagram, it's probably e bloody can. Oh, well, maybe not on Instagram. Um, on YouTube, he doesn't have like. Uh, a custom URL, I believe. Um, but yeah, you can always find the link for that on a Twitch or a Twitter page. You can find our amazing producer Lex on Twitch uh, as sprinting Lex, on Twitter as sprinting Lex, um, on YouTube as Lex, on Discord as Lex. But she also has her own website with a lot of other projects besides just this is Game Boy and that is sprintinglegs.com are you tired of hearing all of these uh, different URLs you can follow well just go to thisisgameboy.com you can find our website there with links to everything just hiding a click away behind some cool images so that is a lot easier than what I've been trying to tell you here anyways would you like to support the podcast you can do that in various ways The best way to do it is basically by liking our episodes wherever you hear them, Um, every like or every comment or anything like that, or every rating will put us higher up there between other podcasts and that will make more people listen to us. So that's always uh, one of the best ways to support our cause for sure. But if you would like to support us by giving us some money, you can do that as well. We have a Patreon which is, of course, the monthly subscription based plan um, on Patreon.com. This is a Game Boy uh, yeah, where you can just support us monthly with the amount that you would like to support us with. Um, As for now, we have two tiers, but I think we're going to change some things up in the near future. Uh, We have. We, we, we need to have a a discussion about that first, but uh, I think we're going to spruce some things up for, on our Patreon for sure. But for now, you have some benefits, of course, if you do that, which is access to our episode notes, access to special uh, channels in our Discord where you can find bloopers or just random things that Lex puts together to, to try and make fun of me and ABC, like, you know, anything that make. Makes us look stupid basically and she has a lot of material from this episode let me tell you because i have messed up like a hundred times or something um but yeah we if you do not like uh, to support us like on a monthly basis you would rather just give us a donation one time for for all our uh, efforts that we do uh, we also have a paypal.me link Again, that's paypal.me slash this is Gameboy, where you can just give us a one time donation if you liked. We would love to give you the same benefits as a as a Patreon user though, if you do so. So let us know by uh, just contacting one of us personally. Uh, or if you are in our Discord, you can just contact us like, hey, I'm that person that, uh, that supported you through there. So we can give you some of these benefits as well, of course, for your support. Um, if you would like to actually get something in return for supporting us besides all these amazing professional episodes of course we actually do have some merch right now Um, you can go to merch.thisisgameboy.com that will take you to our store place where you at this moment can buy a limited edition t-shirt which will be available for well another month from now it's available until the end of july Um, or a coffee mug with just our normal logo on it Another T-shirt will be available with our normal logo after the limited edition period runs out, of course. But yeah, if you would like to wear something from us or have like a a cup of coffee uh, and and while listening to us, you can have one with the logo on it if you really wanted to. Again, that's on merch.thisisgameboy.com. All right. I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Thank you all again for joining me. Hopefully you had fun. I had fun. I messed up a lot. Like I already said, this was a horrible, horrible recording for me, apparently, but hopefully Lex can make it sound really good for you guys. And me and EVC will be back in a full next episode where we are not going to be talking about a specific game or anything, but we're going to be looking back on three years of This is Game Boy and maybe talk a little about what we want to do in the future with it. But yeah, hope to see you people there. Have a great day or night whenever you're listening. See you then. Bye bye. Well, my cat is here, so let's do that again soon. (laughs) Wait, I'm going to see what's up with it. Okay, wanted to go outside, but um, he didn't want to go outside. So now he's still inside. So maybe he'll bother me again in five seconds.